you're listening to Birds, Bees, and Teas, a sexuality education and storytelling podcast hosted by yours truly, Miss Nia Angie Africana Sutton. Hey teasers, thank you for tuning in to Birds, Bees, and Teas Radio on WDRB, the only station giving you double the information and inspiration. I'm your host, Miss Nia Angie Africana Sutton, and I'm so excited for today's episode, for today's show, celebrating National Adolescent Health Month. Young people in adolescent health hold a very, very special place in my heart because I started in this field as a teen myself, educating other teens about safer sex and all that good stuff. It also seems that adolescence or teenage years is the only time when people feel that it's somewhat appropriate and okay to talk about sex. And most of the time that's just about sexually transmitted infections and about pregnancy or abstinence, right? Which is why birth, bees, and teas exist because sex and sexuality are lifelong and natural journeys that we should continue to learn about and continue to talk about from childhood through adulthood. Okay, so yes, that's the topic for today, talking to kids about sex. Today's show is brought to you by Black Girl Photography. If you are in the Washington, D.C., DMV, greater Washington area, and you are looking for professional photography for portraits, weddings, birthdays, prom send-offs, any and everything that you would want to get captured, have your beautiful memories captured, Black Girl Photography is the official photography company of Birds, Bees, and Teas, and also um, is a great service that you all should look into. So yes, you can contact Black Girl Photography at the Photo Lady of DC on Instagram. That's at the Photo Lady of DC. And um, yes, make sure y'all get y'all, you know, your good um, memories in. those snapshots in okay so when we come back we are going to jump right into our conversation about talking kids about sex and celebrating adolescent health month and all of the good juicy teas you're tuned in to wdrb media the voice of the community the only station giving you double the information and inspiration we'll be right back Welcome back, teasers. You're listening to Birds, Bees, and Teas with Nia Angie Africana. And this evening, we're discussing how to talk to kids about sex in honor of National Adolescent Health Month. I also want to talk about this topic because several of my very, very supportive family members tuned in to last week's show. And in one of the nine celebratory group chats that my mother created, um, a conversation surfaced about comfortability in talking to kids, namely teenage daughters about sex and how to educate without encouraging. And I hear this a lot in my work um, and it's very valid. It's a very valid concern that parents have about their own comfortability and um, you know, like what they're exposing their children to through education. And so 
we're going to get all into it today. And I'll share some tips, some insights, and some ways to prepare for these conversations with your kids. And you're already making great progress because you are tuned in to your favorite adult sexuality, education, and storytelling radio show right now. And, you know, you're learning, you're continuing your education about sex. So when your kids come and ask you questions or when it is time to have these conversations, you will have, you know, more depth and understanding because you are expanding your knowledge. And we're all doing it together. Isn't that great? Okay. So first things first, conversations about sex and sexuality shouldn't only start when you think your kid is about to or is thinking about or is having sex right? Like I say to y'all all the time, we are sexual beings. That's just what it is. That's biology. And so talking about bodies and anatomy is a good place to start. And I'm talking as early as like infancy, okay? Between the ages of zero and two or zero and three, babies are in the phases of connecting and discovering, so it's important to always use correct terms to refer to their body parts and to positively acknowledge your child's exploration of their body and their body parts. Discuss that this is something that should be done in private and lend your child privacy. I know that's, um, you know, probably something that we, especially, you know, to my African-American audience, you know, that's not something that is normal in our households, right? Like children having privacy. Um, but yes, if we want children to healthily explore their bodies and we want to encourage them um, in like connecting with and discovering their bodies, then we have to lend them the privacy to do that and reinforce that those types of activities should happen in private and not in public. Okay. Um, something else that's important to happen during this um, early childhood between the ages of um, zero and three um, is role modeling healthy relationships, okay? Because we know that sex is not just sex. Sex is not just penetration or, you know, whatever ideas that we try to minimize it to. Sex is everything. It's connected to all the other aspects of our lives and that's why I say it all the time, you know, relationships and love and dating and all of those good, good things, even in friendship, you know. So it's important at this age to role model healthy relationships for children because they are learning all about love and safety and how to trust others. Now, before I move on any further, I definitely want to acknowledge the source and the sources that I'll be using for um, this conversation. Um, you all can find this resource, um, one of these resources on talkwithyourkids.org. Um, this is a great resource that I love and I always use it um, as like the backbone for adolescent health trainings that I do. Yes, I can come to your organization, um, all that good stuff. I can come to your school, you know, just send me an email at birthsbeasts at gmail.com. Um, yeah, so when I when I do these trainings, I use this resource as a backbone. So this is called Talk With Your Kids. It's a timeline and you can find it on talkwithyourkids.org. Um, and then another resource that I use um, is from 
an organization called Lies About Parenting. Um, this is a really good one. And there's um, this is like a timeline for age-appropriate sex talks. Um, so both really great resources. And that is where we're getting this information from alongside all of the wonderful expertise that I have gained over the years that I'm sharing with you all on this platform. Okay, let's keep going. So between the ages of three and five, um, children are in the curiosity and exploring differences phase, right? So this is when we usually see children form their sense of identity and their sense of gender identity um, and understanding um, that there are like differences in gender, right? Um, they notice this about their own bodies and about other people around them, but then also all of the messages that they get from like their cartoons and, you know, like the Disney movies and all of that good stuff. So as their gender identity develops, it's important to encourage them to respect themselves and to respect others, and that it's okay for other genders that are different um, from theirs to like exist and be. Let them know that they can talk to you and other trusted adults about anything. So we talked about how, um, you know, in those early years, children are like learning about safety and trust. So it's important to let them know and to show them that they can trust you and that they can also trust other adults. And like, Showing those characteristics of trust shows them how to identify those characteristics in other people so that they can know like, okay, this is a good person to trust. This person is not, okay? Three to five years old is also a great time to teach children about appropriate touch and how to say no to touch. Conversations about consent start at as early as three years old even earlier than that, you know, um, it's okay for children to not want to go and give their auntie a hug, you know, because that is how we show them that it's okay for them to have boundaries, it's okay for them to enforce boundaries, and it's okay for them to be in control of what they want to do with their bodies. Those messages start that early and that young and those things carry with them throughout life so when they reach teenage years and when they reach the ages of when they're exploring sex they can still have those boundaries and have a very strong sense of enforcement of those boundaries as well this is my body I can say who can touch me I can say who can hug me I determine who I want to hug I determine when I want to hug them. Maybe, you know, I just woke up from a nap. I'm three years old. I'm feeling a little bit cranky. And you want me to come in and give everybody a hug and kiss. And I, I can barely recognize them. And I don't even know these people's names. Like, give me a break, okay? You know? So, yes. Um, and I think the most important thing about that is that we have to also understand that while we're teaching children to have boundaries and we're teaching them that it's okay to enforce boundaries, that it means that we have to be okay with them enforcing boundaries with us as well. And I know that that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of us. I know, I know. You know, I, I'm not a parent, but I have like all of my little cousins and my niece and all the children in my life and, you know, I have worked with kids at the Boys and Girls Club and at the break and all of that. And 
you know, it's like hard when a child like says no, or, you know, you tell them what to do when you're a grown person or, you know, something like that. But we have to respect that they have boundaries as well. And that we, you know, your kids watch you say no and watch you do what you want to do. And it's not, you're not only doing those things because you're grown or because you're big, you're doing those things because it's what feels good for you. And so if we're teaching kids that we have to let them do that too. It's a hard one to work on, but we can do it. I promise. Okay. And the last tip for um, ages three to five years old, um, it's important to be ready to give a very simple description of where babies come from. And this can look differently for everybody. So there's no black and white way to do this, no cookie cutter way to do this, um, you know, but it's important to be honest. Um and not like create something that they will later have to unlearn to relearn like actual facts. So you can say, um, it comes from a little cell in um, your parents who come and when those cells come together, it creates a baby and then the baby is born. Like something simple like that. And then, you know, there might be a follow-up question like what's a cell? And then you can say, your body is made up all of cells. Like as you continue to get bigger, it's your cells growing and expanding. I mean, basic biology, okay? I know a lot of us are like, we, why do we need to learn biology? Why do we need to learn that in school and college to get my degree and got nothing to do with that? Hey, it's coming back for the kids, for the kids, for the youth them, okay? Basic biology, your body is cells and that's where babies come from when two cells come together and do a thing. Boom. Okay, so whatever your response is going to be, that was just my example. Um, you know, just be prepared for that for your kids between, you know, two to five years old to like start asking those questions about where babies come from. All right, we doing okay? Okay, let's keep going. Ages six to eight years old, this is when it's important to start learning and talking about reproduction and privacy. Back to um, that point about privacy. So you'll see a lot of these things are overlapping um, or that a lot of these themes resurface across age because as I continue to say, it's a lifelong journey and you don't ever need to stop learning something. Um, there's always more to learn about it. There's always like more conversation to be had to expound upon. Ages six to eight years old, be prepared to answer more mature questions about reproduction. So whatever that's going to look like for you, it's going to have to be a step above, you know, the two cells or when a mommy and a daddy love each other. It's going to have to be, you know, just a little step above that because your children are now taking biology courses themselves and, you know, are going to have questions. And we're talking about ages six to eight years old, and we know that puberty um, can start as early as eight years old for um, some children. So be, be ready. That's the most important thing. Stay ready so you got to get ready. Um, as children become more independent, reinforce the importance of open communication in your family. Continue to reinforce that they can come and talk to you about anything. Um, you know, have those conversations about what they're doing in school and what they're learning and who their friends are and, um, you know, all of those things so that they can know that they can, that you're interested 
um, and that you're invested and that they can trust you and that they can come to you. Explain puberty and what to expect. And so we're talking about six to eight years old, and we know that six and seven year olds are not very likely um, going through puberty yet, but it's important to let them know what is coming because puberty is crazy as hell. We're going to get there in a minute. Puberty is wild, like what happens to people's bodies at that age, but um, it's important to, to let them know what it is and what to expect, and they may have um, friends who are experiencing puberty and they are not yet. And so at least they will have that little bit of understanding. And also an important piece in this age group is to promote healthy body image. Um, you know, that it's okay for the child to look however they look um, and that they are good and that they're healthy and that it's okay for other kids to look how they look and it's okay for them for there to be differences. So just reinforce those things because, you know, especially now, earlier and earlier, we, you know, kids are on social media and, you know, like I said, the movies and the cartoons, they have like depictions of like what the popular people look like and what the good looking people look like. And then, um, and so we want to, you know, just let kids know that however they look, you know, is good and that their bodies are good. Yes. All right. Ages nine through 12. This is where it starts to get rocky for a lot of folks. And I think that the anticipation of it being rocky is why it becomes more difficult and challenging than it really has to be. Um, you know, like we just have this like fear of puberty um, in our society. We have this fear of like preteens and teenagers. Um, you know, like we spend most of that time zero through eight years old or zero to nine to 10 years old preparing for them being like a teen that's going to give us a complicated time. And it's really not that like it's not that and it doesn't have to be that. So very important phase puberty and preteen development. As your child goes through puberty, emphasize that all bodies develop differently and at their own pace. As we just talked about, some kids start puberty earlier um, than some and some start later. And so, you know, your kids will see other kids around them, you know, developing breasts and their voice getting deeper and having facial hair and some kids getting taller and some kids getting fatter and whatever, whatever. And, you know, they may wonder why is my body doing these things and other people's aren't, or why aren't my body, um, you know, why isn't my body doing these things that other people's bodies are doing? Um, so just emphasize that everybody is different and that is good and okay. Reinforce that masturbation is natural and healthy, but should be done privately. It is National Masturbation Month as well. So, I know that this is a, a, a touchy one for y'all thinking about like your kids um, continuing that exploration of their bodies for pleasure, but that is what happens. In fact, y'all, puberty, the like the sole purpose of us going through puberty is so that we become sexual beings, so that we can like experience sex and possibly reproduce and do the things that people do to reproduce and do the things that people do to experience pleasure. 
Um, you know, like not all sexual beings um, experience or like have sex for pleasure. That is like um, something that's unique to humans and then a few other types of living like sexual organisms. You know, people masturbate and children are people. Um, and, you know, you don't have to be comfortable with it because it's not your body and it's, you know, you're the, you're their parent, um, you know, or the adult in their life. Um, and so, you know, it's weird, but we have to reinforce that it is normal and that it's something that they should do in private and then lend them um, that privacy. Okay. We're going to make it. It's going to be okay. Share personal experiences or use examples from popular media to discuss what healthy relationships look and feel like. Uh, I love this one um, because it starts off with sharing personal experiences. And that is so much of what young people um, want to hear. They want to be validated by your stories. Like you're someone that I look up to did you go through this too? Like, is this normal for me? That's like a big thing for kids. Like, am I normal? You'll hear that theme through a lot of these points. Kids seeking to know um, if what their experiences is normal, if what they are experiencing is normal, and if um, they, you know, can be validated through your stories or through you all's shared stories and experiences. So yes, absolutely that. And going back to healthy relationships, um, you know, that is a part of sex that gets left out so much. We just, you know, we just talk about preventing STIs and preventing pregnancy, and then we just stop there, but we don't talk about all of the other intricacies that come along with um, sexual relationships and all of those things. So yes. And this is also a great time to discuss your family's expectations and values about dating and sexual activity. So you all, these are like very like basic steps and their suggestions, but ultimately it's your family. These are your children that we're talking about. I'm not raising them. Um, Talkwithyourkids.org is not raising them. You are. And so what you expect from your child and the values that you have around um, all of these different aspects of their life, you know, should be communicated to them. Children will ultimately, um, especially like in teenage years, will develop their own values about things. Um, but they need a basis for that. And so, you know, are we going to let like social media and TV, you know, like raise our kids and, and give them the values? Or are we going to um, share those expectations and values with them um, instead of just like holding them to these expe expectations that we haven't clearly communicated, right? So very important to have those discussions. And now moving into the latter years of teens, um, adolescents, and healthy relationships. So talking about um, young people between the ages of 13 and 18, this is a great time to talk about the benefits of delaying sexual activity. And 
this one is it just really hits home for me so y'all know this is a storytelling podcast so I tell my stories all the time I will definitely um probably tell y'all too much of my business but I feel like this is something that just was completely missing from the conversations um and the lessons that I got about sex and you know, like waiting, the the conversations about waiting or not having sex or like being too young to have sex or, you know, hearing things like sex is for grown folks or something like that. And it's just, to me, it's the, the biggest thing that was missing was like, why? Why should I wait? Like, you know, like all of my friends are, well, some of my friends are doing it and, you know, like the music that I listen to talks about it. I want to do it. My body has a natural urge and a natural feeling to want to do it. So why should I wait? Like that part was missing for me. Um, And so that is something that just really sticks out to me. And I think that is often missing from other people's conversations as well. Um, the benefits of delaying sexual activity. And so to name some um, that you could share with the young people in your life, um, one benefit would be like the complication and stress and worry of engaging in sexual activity, right? So, um, you know, like even as adults, we still deal with with that, right? Like the relationship building that it takes to um, want to engage in sex with somebody or to feel comfortable enough to engage in sex with somebody, right? Um, you know, the the worry about contracting or passing sexually transmitted infections, the worry about unwanted pregnancy um, or like having access to birth control or abortion or anything like that like those things are stressful to adults so they're they will be absolutely stressful to a a teenager um and that is you know something that they should know um so that is you know that's just one example that you could give and then you could find other benefits, because I think that that's probably subjective, Um, you can find other benefits to share with young people about why, you know, it would be okay for them or good for them to consider delaying sexual activity. So yes, very important piece. This is also a good time to discuss birth control and STI prevention to help them avoid This is also a good time to discuss birth control and sexually transmitted infections. We know that this is usually, like I said already, this is the part that we usually don't miss. We we usually get this part and it's used, and then most times it's not all the way right either, but at least we know that kids are getting this conversation, um, but it's important to have this conversation even if, you know, kids are not having sex Um, you know, or even if you think that kids aren't having the type of sex that could warrant a pregnancy, um, you know, it's still important for them to know all the things that they can know, because sexuality is fluid, and we'll get there just like it's a lifelong journey It's fluid, it changes over time, and people do different things when they want to do different things. And so it's important to know how to um, protect yourself and keep yourself safe. 
in all the different sexual scenarios that you may find yourself in over the course of the lifespan, okay? All right. Next point, encourage your child to evaluate their relationships. Reinforce that healthy relationships are built on trust and equal power. Um, I feel like this is definitely um, a point that um, I got in my, you know, like adolescent education or, you know, just my upbringing during my teenage years, like, my mama was very quick to tell me when somebody was not my friend and she was absolutely right, okay? <laughs> um, and so that, you know, this is something that's important. If, you know, going back to conversations about boundaries and respect and trust and love and safety, those lessons are coming right back up um, around the ages when they can be easily pressured into sex or other types of, you know, behaviors that adolescents do and experience and try out because their brains are like completely different than, um, you know, fully adult developed brains. So it's important that they have that sense of respect even in their friendships that they have that sense of respect with a little boyfriend or a little girlfriend um it's important that you know they understand the balance of power and that everyone in any type of relationship that they have has to demonstrate respect and that no one is um you know should have more power or say in the relationship um, than others this is how we teach kids consent this is how we teach kids boundaries. This is how we teach them to respect themselves and respect their bodies and, um, you know, and teach them how to say no and teach them that yes means yes and no means no. That is how we do it right there. Um, and so, and that's why I said earlier about being invested in your children's um, or, you know, the young people in your life being invested and who their friends are um, and wanting to know about the relationships that they're building with the adults around them and their teachers and all of those things, um, because that is, you know, what you'll hear that when they talk to you openly and freely, you'll be able to understand and hear and help them to evaluate their relationships and the respect that's there and the trust and the power and all of those things. Yes. Ensure that they know how to say no. I was already getting there. Explain what mutual consent means and why it is important. And I recognize that a lot of us um, did not get information about consent. You know, I feel like even as we move into a more sex positive culture, we are still oftentimes missing conversations about consent, um, you know, and or you see it that, that it's like very evident in grown people that we don't really know what consent is or, you know, don't have a really good understanding or practice of it. And so this is definitely a good time to reinforce that for your kids and to have a better understanding of it for yourself so that you can demonstrate that and teach it to young people in your lives. So 
a very popular acronym that can help you understand and to explain consent is that consent is like fries and everybody loves fries, right? Like it's so many different ways that you can make French fries. I'm not even about to really get into it y'all because the potato is my favorite food is, is so versatile and you can do so many things with it, including fries. And yes, so consent is like fries, freely given, reversible, informed, enthusiastic and specific. And this comes from Planned Parenthood. Um, this is their acronym. But yes, so reinforce those conversations about consent and why it is important to receive and to give consent, okay? We gotta have those conversations on both sides. And lastly, for um, this age group, ages 13 to 18, share where young people can access sexual and reproductive health care services. If you are you know, not comfortable taking them to the doctor and having all the conversations with them and giving them condoms and um, you know, getting them on birth control, what you can do is give them the pathway, you know, shine the light on the pathway for them to do those things themselves um, and be there to support them. Um, so yes, we, you know, we don't want kids to feel like they can only talk to the doctor if they go through us, or we don't want kids to feel like, uh, you know, because in the long run, that creates like a negative relationship with healthcare, right? Um, we don't want kids to feel like, well, I don't have access to condoms any other way, so I don't want to get caught with them, so I'm just going to not use one, right? We don't want kids to feel like that, so pave the way for them, hold their hand along the way, take them there, whatever you have to do, have their backs, um, but that is another way that you can support them. So, yes, we talked about ages zero through 18, and oftentimes we think that, like, that is where things should like stop or that, you know, like, okay, you're grown, you, you have reached 18 years of age and you are grown, you're an adult, you know all the things that are to be known and you got it from here. And that is not the case, you know, like your, your 18 year old still needs you, your 19 year old, your 20 year old, your 21 year old still needs you. Listen, the the brain does not fully develop until a person turns 25 years old, okay? Their prefrontal cortex is not fully developed until the age of 25. And so decision-making skills are still like cloudy and difficult up until 25. And then when you think about that, it's crazy because people are like whole life parents by that age and their brains are still developing their, themselves. So it's important to be there for your young adult children and the young adults in your lives as well. Open up and let them know that you are there for them. Accept them as adults um, and treat them like one as well. But let them know that they can still need you and that that's okay. And that it's also okay if they don't need you. Continue to offer physical and emotional support while respecting their need for independence and privacy. Appreciate them. Share your values and experiences in an open dialogue. Like, yes, I want to, like, I love that when I, you know, 
became of certain age, my grandmother started telling me, oh, you know, when I was 23, when I was your age, this is what I was doing. I had your granddaddy doing this. Like, oh yeah, he was taking me here and there, like giving it to me. I like loved that and I valued it so much. And it like helped me to create like standards for myself as well. So yes. And um, this is also a time where you can continue to facilitate access um, to healthcare and sexual and reproductive health care more specifically. Um, you know, at this, this age, really between ages 13 and like 25, that is when people will be like the healthiest that they'll ever be in their lives. So they may not go to the doctors, you know. Um, you know, we're, we're done with childhood vaccinations by this point and all of that good stuff. So unless, uh, you know, someone in this age range gets hurt they typically don't go to the doctor so as a parent it's a good time to remind them to like go and get their checkups and you know ask them about exploring their birth control options or you know just all of those good things um really have those conversations with them and let them know that they can continue to trust you um and continue to learn from you and continue to lean on you for information and support as they explore sex and sexuality okay so something that they have on this lies about parenting infographic that I love at the bottom, it says no shame, no blame. And yes, I just love that. Um, you know, we don't want to shame kids with the sexual information that we are providing them. And we don't want parents to feel blamed um, for, you know, like choices or decisions that their young people make. We want young people to make informed decisions because they're going to make their own decisions anyway. Um, and so we want them to make the best decisions based off of factual information um, and information that is like valid and relevant to them. So yes, that was a whole lot. So we're going to take a break, y'all. And we'll be right back on Birds, Bees, and Teas Radio on WDRB Media, the voice of the community. All right, teasers, we're back at Birds, Bees, and Teas Radio, where we talk all things sex. And today we're talking about how to talk to your kids and the young people in your life about sex and sexuality. I am Miss Nia, Angie Africana Sutton, giving you all of this tease. And I hope that you enjoyed this show today and that you all learned something. Um, you know, you may not be able to take something, but take what you can. Just to take what's for you. That's what I say. Take what's for you. And, um, you know, I hope that you continue these conversations with the people in your lives. Um, you know, like, don't just stop this here. I just want to like start the conversation. But before you are comfortable talking to your kids, you may be comfortable talking to your friend about it or talk to your sister or talk to somebody else in your life that has kids about it before you like engage in these conversations with your young people. And so, yes, take what take what's for you, take what take what resonates. Um, and, you know, we can we can come back to the rest and, you know, you may need a little bit more time to, um, you know, like rest on the information or let it marinate. So, as I said before, you can find the resources that I used on talkwithyourkids.org. Um, there's a timeline there and the entire website is really good. It gives you um, resources on how to find like teen health clinics 
and all of those things. Um, and so you can also find this information. Um, I also use an infographic from Lies About Parenting um, that you can find to um, learn more and read more about what we discussed today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Make sure that you follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Birds, Bees, Tees, at Birds, Bees, Tees to connect with us further. And then you can also get the very, very full tease on our podcast. Um, and these episodes will be uploaded to our podcast as well. Um, and you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Deezer, Good Podcasts, all the good stuff, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. And make sure that you tune in next week at this very same time, um, Thursdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time to make sure um, that you don't ever miss an episode of this very juicy, hot, sweet birth bees and teas, honey, okay? We're gonna bring a lot of uh, wonderful topics to you all. Um, and I would love to continue talking about this with y'all too. So let me know what y'all think. You know, y'all can interact with me, send me a DM, all of that good stuff. And um, as I've shared with y'all before, I am offering free adverti uh, radio advertising. So send me an email at birdsbeastees at gmail.com if you would like to have your business promoted on Birds, Bees, and Tees Radio. Until next week, I'll see you all. This is WDRB Media, the voice of the community for double the information and inspiration.